as he comes to the pulpit here at Christian Life. Welcome, thank Steve. Thank you, thank you. Bless you. Appreciate you. Thank you, Lord. Well, it's just wonderful to be with you, and I just feel such a part of you. I know my attendance is not real good, but I just always am just so thrilled to be a part. And I think, though, everything about God, everything about His kingdom is all about relationships. And it's just wonderful to be in relationship not only with God, but with, with His people. <clears throat> um, on New Year's Eve, the Lord spoke to me that 2012 would be a year of breakthrough for God's people. So if you haven't had your breakthrough yet, there's still a few months left. And just, just press into God because I, I, I just, I've seen so many things happen and I've seen <clears throat> numerous people tell me how the Lord broke through in their, in their situation and their lives. And so we just, it's, it's very exciting. I want to mention, uh, before we get going here, about there's books on the book table, but this uh, most recent book is the rewritten thing of Confronting Jezebel. Chapter 5 in here, I think it is, I have 40 things of characteristics of Jezebel, neither male nor female. Number one, they're never wrong. Um, but insecure people. But anyway, this book's a, a real... Most people deal with a Jezebel, or you're married to one, or whatever, but... but <clears throat> There's just a lot in there that will help you. And also, this book is kind of the counterpart, discerning and defeating Ahab. Ahab was married to Jezebel. Ahabs are people that give their power away. They let people walk on them, and they don't stand up for themselves. A lot of men are Ahabs because they don't, they don't take their rightful authority, their rightful place. But I was an Ahab, and it's just amazing, some of the truths in here. So anyway, Pastor mentioned the voice of God, we've run totally out, but they're being reordered, so they'll be here in a, in a week or two. So, Anyway, I want to, I want to just share this message with you, <clears throat> that God is for you, <clears throat> but the devil's against you. <laughs> How many got that revelation? <clears throat> but, but, you know, we need to be saturated with the knowledge that we are accepted by God. Uh, I just want to read this, and this is a real good scripture on this. It's this Exodus chapter uh, 6. Exodus chapter 6. And I love this Chicago weather. It's <clears throat> I know it's like this all the time. <clears throat> um, this is Exodus 6, verse 2. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob is God Almighty, but by, but by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. Verse 5, I have also heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, and with great judgments. How many know that's good news? God heard their cry. Then he also says, I will take you as my people, verse 7, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Many of us were under burdens. And I will bring you into the land, which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage I am the Lord. How many agree with me that's good news? <clears throat> but notice their response. Notice their response, verse 9. So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. That's profound. In other words, God has good news for us, but sometimes we can't hear the good news because we've been oppressed so long, we've been in bondage so long. Have you ever seen anybody with a real junky house or a real junky car or a yard full of bathtubs and things? You know what I'm saying? People like they they've been in bondage so long they don't even notice it. They can be around filth and not even notice it. And bondage has a way of creeping up on you. Bondage, oppression has a way of, of creeping up on you. I was, I was thinking of Gideon, how Gideon, how he, he, it said he was, the Midianites were so oppressive to Gideon in, in Judges chapter 6, that it says he was hiding behind the wine press. He was trying to, 
and he was using the wine press to thresh wheat, a little small circular structure trying to, to get a... Uh, trying to produce a living because it said every time they would get a crop, the Midianites would come in and steal it and rob it. And yet when the Lord came to Gideon, the Lord addressed him this way, the Lord is with you, you valiant warrior. In other words, God sees us different than we see ourselves. Now here God says, hey, I've heard your cry, I've heard your groanings, and I'm going to redeem you, You're in, we're in covenant with me. Yeah, and, and we're gonna, I'm going to deliver you from all that oppression. But it said the people couldn't hear it. And a lot of times we're that way, even as God's people here in, in America. We're, we live under way too much heaviness, way too much bondage. I love John 3.16, and we all know it, but I, I wish that when people quote John 3.16, they would also quote John 3.17, which says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That, that God's, God's not mad at anybody. God doesn't have a problem with anybody. God is saying, my arms are outstretched and I want you to have a relationship with you. You know, one of the times I think it's so profound is when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary. You know, she's, <clears throat> I guess, 16 years old. But the first thing out of his mouth is, rejoice, you favored one, you little cutie. That's what he's saying. Rejoice, because, and then he gives this tremendous prophetic word, you know, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. You're going to be the instrument that brings the Son of God into the world. And then he talks, the sweet angel talks to her and he says, now I want to tell you something. Your cousin Elizabeth, who was barren, is now in her sixth month. I could just see Gabriel saying, is that cool or not? And he said, now go to her. And so I could see, I could see Mary going to Elizabeth's house thinking, now how am I going to explain this to her? Let's see, I was out walking and now I'm pregnant. And, uh, you know, trying to, trying to describe, and, and yet when she gets there to, to, the, to her cousin's house, I don't know how long it took, but she gets there to her cousin's house, and she sp- speaks out, and, and her cousin, Mary says, or, or Elizabeth says, when I heard the sound of your voice, the babe in me leaped. You know what that says to me? You got to get around people that make your baby jump. Hallelujah. Get around somebody that makes the baby in you jump. Hallelujah. Because many times we're way too full of anguish. We're way too full of despair and discouragement and bondage and oppression. And we're not able to hear good news. But I guarantee you, everything about the gospel is good news. God wants us to have abundant life. The devil hates you. The devil doesn't want us to experience abundant life. And I was thinking of Lazarus. It says that that at the tomb of Lazarus, um, let me just read this in, in John 11. You know, we, we read this scripture about Lazarus, and it, it says that uh, in John 11:33, Jesus has waited two days after he heard Lazarus sick, and he comes there, and they said, listen, he's already dead. And, and it says in John 11:33 that Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. The literal Greek says he snorted in anger. He wasn't troubled like, would you hold my hand and get me to the casket? He was saying, I'm ticked off that my friend is dead. In other words, he's saying, I hate death. I hate sickness. And, 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 and it literally, it, he snorted in anger, and, and, and he, something fierce was rising up within him. And when he stood at the tomb of Lazarus, with a loud voice, he says, Lazarus, come forth. It was a voice of authority and anger. But the people are in such despair, and he says, show me, take me to where you've laid him. I think sometimes the Holy Spirit says that to us. Take me to where you gave up. Take me to where you laid the promise down. Take me to where you gave in to fear. You gave in to oppression. You gave in to discouragement. And I like Luke 13, verse 12 when Jesus goes over and he lays hands on this woman and says, woman, you're loose from your infirmity. I want to read to the, from Luke 13, 12, from the message. He was teaching in one of the meeting places on the Sabbath. There was a woman present so twisted and bent over with arthritis that she couldn't even look up. She had been afflicted for, with this for 18 years. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and he said, woman, you are free. He laid hands on her, and suddenly she was standing straight and tall, giving glory to God. The meeting place president, furious because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, 
said to the congregation, six days have been defined as work days. Come on one of the six if you want to be healed, but not on the seventh, the Sabbath. And Jesus took off on him. He, he, he more or less said, if you have a sheep or a donkey or a whatever, he said, you, you would loose it on the Sabbath day. This woman who's been bound by Satan for 18 years, this daughter of Abraham, she should be free. In other words, what I'm saying is God's attitude toward sickness, God's attitude toward lack, God's attitude toward death, he hates it just like you do. But many times we're under this condemnation and we're under this, we have this relationship with God where we, we think God's against us. I don't know how that happens, except that the devil's a good liar. But, but we live way below what God wants us to experience. I, I love Hebrews 8 because he says uh, here about the covenant relationship. I'll just read to you Hebrews 8 for a minute. And where he says, verse 10, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This is God's talking about his covenant. How's the covenant going to work? He said, I've already written my laws in your heart. I've already written them on my mind. If there was no Bible, the, the, God's already written his will. The will of God is in you. It's in your DNA. It's already there. How do you find the will of God? You pray, about, you pray until God shows you his purpose, but it's already in you. It's not out there somewhere. It's already in you. And then he says, verse 11, None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. And the reason this is going to work is, is verse 12, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. That's why this covenant works. You know, and, and, and the, the way to really clarify this is John 11, or John 12, verse 32, Jesus said these words, and you all know it, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And we've heard that, and we've quoted it, and we sing songs about it, but the literal Greek, the, the translators added some words to that. It, 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 the literal Greek says, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all unto me. All sin, all judgment, all wrath is coming unto me. He didn't, he didn't say, I'll draw all men unto me. He's saying, I'll draw all wrath unto me. In other words, I'll take it all. I'll take it all in your place. And so, so many times we live under what God had planned. And we, we think, well, it's everything Jesus did plus a few things I do. In fact, I'd like to ask you this question, and I, I kind of wrote some things down about this, but the, the, you know, a good way to put this in perspective is, what do you think God thinks about you? I wrote this. I think this is probably a lot of people's number one well, he loves me, but he, he sees me as coming up short. Number two, he's disappointed in me. Number three, he wishes I would do better. Number four, he's still mad about some of my past sins. Number five, he wishes I would pray more. Number six, he wishes I would read the Bible more. What I do is never good enough. He doesn't have time to bother with me. He would never speak to me. And when I listen to people pray, I think that's exactly how you believe. I'd like you to take some of those thoughts and take, go to the Lord and ask him if that's how he feels about you. Because I don't see it that way. And I don't believe the Bible says it that way. I believe that God's saying, I don't have a problem with sin anymore because I took it. I have a problem and, and my desire is to bring you into fellowship with me and relationship with me. Are we to sin? Of course not. Why would you want to? But the Bible says, if we walk in the Spirit, we're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. The Bible says that we can, we can live in a higher realm. We can live under the, we're not under rules and regulations. We're in a new covenant that is a covenant of relationship. It's not a covenant trying to perform. We don't have to pray to get brownie points with God. It's a covenant that we're called into fellowship with Him. I'm on an airplane every few days, and I've noticed every time I'm on an airplane, they can fly for an hour or two, and they never once stop for red lights. Are they breaking the law? Because there's red lights everywhere. No, they're in a higher realm. And you as a Christian, you, you, you can run the red light, so to speak, because you're in a higher realm. If you're in the Spirit, you're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're in a higher realm. Isn't that wonderful? 
He says in Romans, Romans 8, uh, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You know what? When you're under condemnation, it's hard to have faith, and it's hard to feel like, you know, God loves me. It's hard to, to feel this response. It's hard to deal with sin when you're under condemnation. You know, but the Bible doesn't say that we repent and it leads us to the goodness of God. It says the goodness of God leads us to repentance. The woman caught in adultery. He says he who is without sin cast the first stone. And, of course, they walked away from the oldest to the youngest when everyone is gone. He said, does no one condemn you? She said, no one, Lord. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I'm proclaiming to you that many people live under condemnation. Many people don't have a love affair with God. They fear him in the wrong way. But God says, I do not condemn you. I'm not pointing a finger at you. I want you to experience me in my fullness. I want you to have a relationship with me. When you get diagnosed with a disease, I'm mad at it with you. When you get, a, when you get laid off from work, I'm angry at it with you. When, when you have a bad report about anything, I'm angry with you. God is for you. The devil's against you. The devil's not saying, listen, I hated to lose you, but good luck with your new master. He's not saying that. The enemy's going to try to tear you down. The Bible clearly says that, in, in, and I, I love Ephesians 6, and I'm just quoting a lot of stuff here to save time, but Ephesians 6, when he says, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, to stand against the what? The schemes of the devil. What's the devil saying? He's saying, you're a failure. You're a bad father, you're a bad mother, you're a bad this, you're a bad that. What is the devil doing? The devil is seeking agreement. Don't get in agreement with him. I'll say it again. And I'm going to ask you to hold the shouting until I finish, if you don't mind. But, but, but the, the devil is seeking agreement. What does he say? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the, the girdle of truth. Put on, have your feet shod with the gospel of peace. Pray in the Spirit, but, but it's interesting in that chapter. There's two interesting words. He says, above all. He's talking about the armor, but he says, above all. Above all, the most important part is this. Above all, what does he say? Let's say it with me. Above all. Let's say it again. Above all. Say it one more time. Above all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Yeah, there's such significance in it. You have the armor on, but he said the, the number one thing is you've got to get aggressive. You have to get aggressive, and you have to stand up and hold up that shield of faith and say, I dismiss that thought. I reject that thought. And I love what a Andrew Womack, I just came from a conference with him, but Andrew Womack says, he, he says, don't rebuke your thoughts. Do not rebuke your thoughts. Replace your thoughts. That helped me so much. So if I, a good way to put it is, everybody right now, just picture a bowling ball. Could you picture a bowling ball? Everybody can picture a bowling ball? You know, the round, three holes in it? All right. Now, stop thinking about a bowling ball. Stop thinking about a bowling ball. How many know you can't, because it's still there? But what about thinking about a baseball bat? Everybody think about a baseball bat, and that, that bowling ball thought gets replaced with a baseball bat thought. In other words, when the enemy says you're a failure, you say, absolutely not. I'm more than a conqueror. When the enemy says, you, you know, you're probably coming down with something, say, no, I'm going to live a long life and I'm going to live in health and I'm going to live in strength. There has to be something in us that says God is for me. If God be for us, who can be against us? I've battled this all my life. I've battled a spirit of condemnation. It means accusation. Every morning, get up and, and it seems like every morning I have to start over. I have to say, God's disappointed in me, but God's just through with me. God doesn't like me anymore. God's just, you know, God wishes I were this. It's a bunch of baloney. And we have to say, God, I just have to, I don't pray much when I get in the presence of God. I just get in his lap and just kind of listen, just kind of talk to him. Tell him I love him. And pretty soon that spirit of condemnation goes. That spirit of accusation. You're this and you're that. And you have an odd-shaped head and, and every other kind of, all these thoughts. But something in us has to say, no, I believe the gospel and I don't believe the enemy. I'm not going to get in agreement with him. I'm, I'm not going to buy into that. But I serve a God who's generous, and he wants my baby to jump, and he wants me to experience glorious things. The Lord is with you, you valiant warrior. It says also in Romans 8, 
verse 2, but the, spirit, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. In other words, we can't keep it. You know, the purpose of the law, God's trying to frustrate us. He was trying to frustrate the Jews. Anybody, have your hand, anybody cut off your hand lately? He said, if your hand offends, you cut it off. Anybody done that? What's he saying? He's saying it's impossible. I always say the Christian life is not hard. It's impossible. That's what God's trying to get you to see. It's impossible. You can't do it. The only way you can do it is rely on the Holy Spirit, whom God gives freely. But he says, for the law, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. You know, Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. Anybody ever paid a, paid a car off? Anybody ever had a loan and paid a car off? How many know once you pay it off, it's fulfilled? That contract is done. So when Jesus died and he was crucified and he was raised from the dead, that contract was fulfilled. He fulfilled the law. He didn't do away with it. He fulfilled it. And then he abolished it as a means by you becoming righteous. And we don't become righteous by the law anymore. We become righteous by believing in what he's already accomplished. And if that isn't good news, it'll do till good news gets here. That's, that's all I got to say. Because, because the, the Holy Spirit... Is so, but listen to verse 4. But the, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who read the Bible through at least once every year. Now, what does he say? That the righteous requirement of the law, verse 4, might be fulfilled in us, who what? Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Praise God. So, the, so we, we serve a loving God. We serve a God who cares. We serve a God who doesn't want us to perform. He doesn't want us to pray trying to get brownie points with him, but to accept the fact that we have all the brownie points we need. The devil's a liar. You know, the disciples came back and they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They must have been excited. Even those pointed-headed demons are subject to us. And he said, do not rejoice in this. Don't let that be your identity. Don't rejoice in the fact that you have power over the enemy. Don't rejoice in the fact that you've been, you have a gift Rejoice that your name's written in heaven. In other words, rejoice that you're in relationship with me. But then he says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Let me just make it plain. God loves you, but the devil hates you. And the, de the same devil that was kicked out of heaven and, and convinced a third of the angels to get in agreement with him that same devil is on the earth trying to seduce you and tell you you're a failure and you're this and you're that. And that's where we have to get aggressive and say, nope, I don't receive that anymore. I may have been there, but that's not who I am. That does not define me. I, have, I may have warts, but I'm not a frog. I, 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 I may have this issue, but, but I am a free human being. You know, I love the way the Holy Spirit is because he's so generous, but last year... I think when I was here last time, I just got back from Italy, but, but the pastor had called me a few uh, weeks after I got back from Italy, and one of the nights, it was just kind of cool, because one of the nights, you know, the Holy Spirit is just all over the place, and, and I'm walking around there, and I just said, I'm kind of standing in front of this one where I said, there's, there's a woman over here, you're a little bit older, but you have some children, but God's going to give you another child. And I could hear some of them reject it and everything. But, but, but it's like, I, that, that comment just came from the Holy Spirit. The pastor called me a few weeks later. And he says, he's laughing his head off. He said, there was two women sitting right where you were standing. And they were both 46 years old. And they're both pregnant. That ought to scare all of you here. So, but, 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 you know, but the issue is, God is so full of life. God is so full of life. I'm going to have Chris, if you don't mind telling, that I think this was last spring, but when the, the word of the Lord came during the meeting about somebody sleeping and you hadn't been able to sleep for what? Since 1989. Could you be more specific? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, 
But since 1989, she's not been able to sleep. But that Sunday morning, I think it was, God gave a word about somebody not sleeping in. And he healed me of that, and I've been able to sleep every single night. I wake up with my migraines, but I don't wake up at 2 o'clock like I usually do with my migraines. I've been knowing the night before or that morning, but the whole night I'm sleeping. I love it. I love it. Praise God. Thank God. Well, let's just pray. Let's just pray about her migraines. We gotta, we'll just get rid of that, too. So, Lord, we just thank you for healing. Chris, we just agree today that her migraines are healed, and that, Lord God, that this is entering the best season of her life. And, you know, I just see you shaking the dust off. I see a new violence in you, a new aggressiveness in you. And God's going to add power, and he's going to add substance, and he's going to add victory, and he's going to add adventure to your life. Hallelujah. The best is yet to come. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Sweet Holy Spirit. I just want to emphasize this point. You know, and, and I'll tell you, the devil's a liar. But I, I've been through it. I used to be in meetings and preach my heart out, come back and, you know, God would use me, come back and look in the mirror and call myself a failure. It's that old spirit of condemnation. But God is not mad at you. God took it on himself. That means you don't have to take it. And, 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 and again, does that mean you're free to just do what you want? Well, why would you want to? You want to serve God. If he's really in your life, you want to serve him. Glory to God. So, is God good or not? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can I tell one blonde joke? It's okay. <laughs> this girl was so tired of being called, hearing these blonde jokes, and so she dyed her hair brown. She was feeling pretty good about herself, but one day she was out in the country, just dri- she had a little BMW, and she was driving around through these winding country roads, and she saw a farmer, and he had all these sheep, just jillions of sheep. She just felt a little crazy. She said, I'm going to ask this farmer, if I, and she said to him, if I can guess how many sheep you have, can I have one of them? And he thought, boy, this is a long shot, and he said, sure. So she just blurts out, 352. And he said, this is amazing, but that's exactly how many sheep I have. So he said, go ahead and pick one out. And so she took a few minutes and picked one out, and she was holding it. And he said, if I can tell you your original hair color, can I have my dog back? (laughs) Uh. I love it. I think God wants us to laugh more. I think God wants us to experience him more. I think God wants us to enjoy him instead of living in fear of him. And, and it, it's this Holy Spirit. You know, we, God does not have confidence in you, but he has a lot of confidence in the Holy Spirit he's put in you. This gospel is not about you and me. It's about him. He put this treasure in earthen vessels. And so our prayer shouldn't be telling God what a failure we are. Our prayer should be exalting him. How great is our God? God's putting a spirit of blab in you that, that, that God's going to open your mouth to tell good news, brother. And, and I just see this excitement. That it's like I just see for a season of time, God, it's like God's been digging a deeper river in you, just digging a deeper river in you to make more room for him. But your tongue, as the scripture says, your tongue will not cleave to the roof of your mouth but you're going to speak oracles of God, and you're going to speak as God gives you a thing. And I see, I don't know what God's doing, but it's like you're not going to be able to shut up. Be, but just telling the good news of what God's doing. And there's something God's doing for you. Your first name is? There's something God's doing in you that he's, he's putting everything in your life in order. The Holy Spirit's the helper, and he's helping you get everything in line and in order. So you enjoy, because he's going to do it, and it's too late to get out of it. Thank God. Thank God, thank God. So we just, uh, I'll tell you, I just, I pray this just gets across. I'm speaking from my own experience. I lived under heaviness, despondency. I had people hand me tracts after I was saved. Uh, uh, 
But, you know, just this heaviness, not knowing who you are, the enemy lying and saying, you're this and you're that, and, and instead of enjoying a relationship with God, boy, do I hear about changes in the works, changes coming. Lord, I thank you for my brother and sister. I bless them. I bless them in their walk with you. I bless them in their communication with you and with each other. Lord, we thank you for this family. But there's a new level coming, and I, I don't know what it is, but I see you seeing from such a fresh perspective. And the weariness you felt is going to just dissolve from you. It's going to just like it was never there. There's such a lean and mean flow of God. God's removing things that would have seemed important, would have taken your time, and God is simplifying things. But change is in the works. Hallelujah. He's not making your life more complicated. He's making it more simple. Sweet Holy Spirit. I always know God's doing something because I can feel this compassion. Oh, man, this compassion. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, this is kind of goofy, but I felt like I'm, somebody has a real major problem with your left foot. And I, it seems like you might have had surgery on it at one time. But I feel like I'm supposed to pray for your left foot. Did you have surgery on it? I broke my ankle <laughs> Really? Is it still giving you trouble now? So, okay. We'll just pray with you. Does that fit anyone else that, about your left foot? Did you have surgery on it? Yeah, come down here a second. We'll just pray with you. <clears throat> anyone else? Back here? Oh, you're just praying. Well, we, we allow that. So I just... <laughs> She was doing the charismatic salute. <laughs> we just bless. <laughs> we just bless you with perfect healing. That that ankle will not bother you anymore, Lord. Or that foot, whatever, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. That life's flowing. That life's flowing. That life's flowing. I want to tell you, the light in you is going to grow stronger and stronger, and the, the, the light that God is causing to ma be magnified through your life is going to win cause there to be more souls <clears throat> come to the Lord, <clears throat> and there's something God's going to do in a, in, a, in a realm of promotion for you that is going to, it's just going to blow your mind. It's like a broadening, a sphere of your life is... Like the, where he says in Psalm 31, he brought me into a wide place, a large place. This is good. God's getting ready to upgrade you here. Man, I feel it. When was your surgery? Um, May. May. Oh, April. 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 You still have trouble with that ankle? Yes. Lord, we agree. What's your name? Gregory. Lord, we thank you for Gregory. We bless him with the, just the health and the wholeness of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for making that, that foot normal. And we thank you for your healing grace, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you for it. We praise you for it. We praise you for it. One thing I hear for you, Gregory, is, is you focus on the Lord, that God will take care of everything else if you'll just stay focused. The enemy loves to interrupt our focus. He loves to detour us, distract us, but if you stay focused, he'll, that's just his promise to you. He'll take care of everything else. So thank God. <clears throat> thank God. Thank God. We praise the Lord, we praise the Lord, we praise the Lord. Glory to God. Um, this is real quick here, but there's somebody that has um, shortness of breath a lot. I feel like, and I could be wrong, but it seems like your name starts with M. But you're just really dealing with a lot of shortness of breath. Does that fit? That might be your first name or last name, but does that fit someone? It just seems like you're, you're always short, short of breath. That Chris again? We should have said it when we were back here. But um, is your last name M? Mars. Okay, we want to because I didn't know that, but we know that that's what the Holy Spirit said. So, and then we're just Lord, let it be that we don't have to pray for Chris anymore. We just <laughs> we thank you, Lord God. We ask you to heal this shortness of breath. We just ask you to give her the complete healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you for it. There's somebody, I think, you're on one of these two rows that has so much trouble sleeping. Who is that? Uh, I think you're on these one of these two rows here. Is that? 
that you would just agree with you. We just, you know, we just let the Holy Spirit work. We just agree that you're going to sleep like a baby. You're going to sleep like a full-grown baby. We're going to thank you, Lord, to just let her sleep through the night. You know, God sees a lot of the things you do. He sees your labor of love, and he sees things you do in the kingdom that go unsung or you don't get the credit necessarily, but God sees. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. So I'm I'm just kind of, man, I felt good when I prayed for you guys. I don't know what is going on, but I just feel something. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. One truth I've learned through my hundred years in the ministry is that about 99% of what God does depends on our level of hunger. And a lot of people love God, but they're not hungry. But I want to tell you that hunger is the greatest thing you can have. Because it pulls, it puts a demand on God. Now, people who love God go to church, read their Bible, but they're not hungry. But if you can be hungry, God will show himself to you. There's something about God that he requires us to seek him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He didn't say he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek faith, but he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so I just exhort you that way to just maybe just ask the Lord, put more hunger in me. So uh, this morning, you know, I just, I feel this love of God. I could just, I feel like I could just pray for anybody and every prophesy, but um, how many people here you feel like you're called to, you're not there now, but you feel like that call is on you for full-time ministry. You, you kind of feel like that's where my life's heading, that, that, that way. Just ra- raise your hand. Got one over here. Yeah. I, I just want you to, these five, six, seven of you, just jump down here a second. Let me just pray with you a second. I could be full of baloney, but I also feel like there's three school teachers here that I'm supposed to pray for. How, how many? Who, who's a school teacher? Just raise your hand. One, two, three, four. These school teachers come down here a second. We'll, we'll do this, and we're gonna, what we're going to do tonight in, at 6 o'clock tonight, we're going to have a meeting. We're going to flow more in the prophetic and so forth. But uh, we just want to, we, we just want to yield to the Holy Spirit here and and uh, let Him move through us. And just want to encourage you. Where are the school teachers again? Where? Which one of you is at the end of your rope? It's just like you're at the end of your rope. That, that I just want. I think it's just one of you. But sometimes, okay. Your name is. Well, Lord, we just bless Meg today. We just declare that you today are turning things around in her life. And, Lord, we just ask you to just give her refreshing endurance and just multiply your strength through her, oh, God. We thank you, Lord. One thing I hear about is that the dry season is over. Hallelujah. The dry season is over. And, Lord, I thank you for Yuki. I bless her life. That, Lord, I thank you how you spoke that you're going to make things easy. You're going you're gonna to just just make this so easy for her. And she's protected. She's protected. She's protected. Hallelujah. What's your name again? Lord, we bless Susan today. We just bless her. We thank you, Lord, for the, 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 that she's hearing your voice. And, you know, Susan, I see God just, you're hearing his voice more clearly. And I just feel the anointing of the Lord that he's going to help you just organize things, see things by the Holy Spirit. See it through his eyes. There's more of a call on you. There's more of a destiny on you than you realize. And I really feel you're to just pray that way and you're to press in that way. God, just 
Reveal your destiny. Reveal your destiny to me. The Lord just, he's breathing on you fresh and new. What is, what is your name? Lord, I thank you for Kim, and I bless her today. I bless her abilities. I bless her anointing. I bless her strength, oh God. I thank you, Lord. God has really given you compassion. He, he has given you such love for, for people and love for children, and I, I just see this wonderful compassion flowing through you. And God is tweaking you, and God is adjusting you. And this has been a, I, I just think, been a funky six months or something, but there's a, there, there's a smoothness, and there's new fresh oil being added to you. And I want to tell you, everything's going to make sense, and the frustration's going to stop, and that which God has birthed in you, is the vision he's birthed in you, is going to grow and grow until you're going to feel like you're exploding. Hallelujah. You've had a call on your life since you were a little girl. There's been a call there, and it's just the enemy has tried so hard to frustrate you, but there's clarity coming, so we praise God. And your name is? Lord, I thank you for Jessica, and I bless her life today. I thank you, Lord, for the virtue of Jesus Christ coming into her and through her. And, Lord, I thank you that these hands are anointed. These hands are anointed. These hands are anointed. And when you touch people, when you touch children, when you touch those around you, they're going to feel the virtue of Jesus Christ. God's going to give you wisdom that's going to blow your mind. God's going to give you uh, just strategies and instruction. Many times, even in the middle of the night, you'll wake up with a thought and it's important that you write it down because God will give it to you. And, and you'll be unique. You'll always be unique. You're not called to be like anybody else. You're called to be you. And don't try to conform. Because you yield to the uniqueness. Hallelujah. Your name? Ken. Ken. How long have you been teaching? I haven't been teaching. You're, you're, <laughs> you're called the, you feel the call the ministry? Yes, right? I do. Yeah. Okay, let's go over here with these guys. And, <laughs> yeah, just, that's fine. And... Uh, where are you going? Okay, we'll pray. <laughs> we, I just felt this morning, and we'll, we'll, we've got to stop here in a few minutes, but I just felt to impart about this call to ministry because it's, you know, only God can make it happen. And it doesn't mean you're going to be behind the pulpit, but, but it means that God's going to turbocharge you and he's going to help you get to your destination. So, Lord, we just pray that way. We just pray for that increase. We just pray for that that anointing that will lead them and my sister and all these into the freedom of ministry and order their steps. Give her the platform, O oh God, in Jesus' name. I hear those words, no evil shall come near your dwelling. Praise God, praise God. And my sister here, your name is? Say again. Tina. Tina. Lord, we bless Tina today. We thank you for the call uh, uh, on her life and we thank you for the precious... God is showing you how to separate the precious from the vile, the profane from the holy. In other words, God's going to let you see that which is man-made and that which is God-made, and you will not be fooled. You will not be fooled by the way men manufacture and the hype, but, but God's going to show you the pure Holy Spirit. He'll always keep you that way. Praise God. My brother, what's your name? Say again. Raphael. Raphael. Lord, we bless Raphael today. We thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this ministry of a teacher. Lord, I thank you, God, that you're increasing his capacity and even his understanding. And Lord, I, I just feel God just severing a lot of these ropes and all the religious thing off of you and just the, that you can function in freedom in him. You're called to minister liberty, as it says in Galatians 5.13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Don't worry about titles. Don't worry about, about anything, but just worry about, Lord, I'm going to minister freedom. Praise God. And my sister, first name again. Alette. Lord, I thank you for let. I thank you for the passion. Boy, there's a lot of fire in you. There's a lot of passion. There's a lot of fervency. God, I bless her today. I bless her, God, that things are, are going to take off and... Uh, seems like you've been on a merry-go-round, that there's not been the forward movement. But God's going to get you off that thing. And there's a lot that's going to happen between now and the end of the year. And, Lord, we just thank you for your hand on her life and the direction you're giving her, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Lord, I thank you for, what's your name? Katie. Katie, that's right. 
Lord, I thank you for Katie. I thank you, Lord, for that full expression. God's, God has given you that anointing to express. God will put words in your mouth. God will give you those oracles to say. He'll, he'll, he'll give you analogies. He'll give you metaphors. He'll give you things that, to express yourself. But again, it's all about setting people free. Whew, that's on you. Hallelujah. Your name is? Teresa. Lord, we bless Teresa. We just thank you. I just feel you're to forget the past. You're to let things go. People have hurt you deeply, and you're to let them go and, and just take the hand of the Lord and do not look back. Do not look back. Don't look in that rearview mirror, but say, God, I'm trusting you to order my steps. Hallelujah. God's going to give you mouthfuls to give people. He's going to give you mouthfuls. Hallelujah. Your name is? Lord, I thank you, Virginia. We bless her today. Lord, we bless her with, with, you know, I see God giving you his thoughts. You're a dreamer. And I, I just, I think it's, I feel like God is so pleased that you dream and you, you get these heavenly thoughts and, and just pray them forth. Every time God gives you a thought, pray it forth. Just pray it forth. And, and God's going to make things happen that you couldn't make happen. So, Lord, I thank you, Regina. I thank you for blessing her in that way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see God giving you a strong backbone. And I know that that, that is that, that authority, that strength that only God can give. Thank you, Jesus. Whew, thank you, Lord. And your name is? Nessa. Say again. Nessa. Nessa. Lord, I thank you for Nessa. Lord, I thank you for this powerhouse right here. Lord, Lord Nessa is a powerhouse. Lord, she's full of you, and she's, she's full of vision. And, Lord, your, your strength is in her, oh, God. Boy, do I see this. There's a lot of authority God's put in you, and you, you, you're to always seek God's counsel. Always go to God before you do something. But, but, but the Lord will, will uh, I see you treading on serpents and scorpions. I see you, that tremendous authority. But it's so important that you don't just go in your own strength, but you say, now, Lord, is this what I'm to do? And always, let, always get counsel from the Lord. Hallelujah. Your name again, I'm sorry. Christopher. Lord, I thank you for Christopher. I bless, his, I bless him that he will move toward you with a pure motive. You're a healer, Christopher. You're a healer. And, and that I just see those people with scars, not just physical healing, but people with emotional scars, the Lord using you, getting them healed, getting them upright. It's not the flash and dash, but it's that ministering life into people that will get them back. I just see you setting people upright. Hallelujah. Your name again is... Lord, thank you for Nicole, and I bless her and her endeavors for you. Lord, as she's preparing herself, as she's preparing herself, Lord, let her see what has her name on it, nothing else. Lord, make her blind to anything else that, that, has, that she doesn't have to imitate, follow anyone, but she has to follow you, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Boy, you're such a nonconformist anyway. I'll tell you, I see that, and, and Lord, I just thank you for Nicole that she will be in tune with you. And, and, and boy, God will have reins on you when you dare to step out and, and try it on your own. You'll, you'll know you're helpless on your own. Praise God. Your name is? Lord, I thank you for Casey. I bless him today. I bless him with fresh strength. I bless him with fresh vision, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, just fill him. Fill him, fill him, fill him. Fill him. Oh, I feel these rivers of living water. It's all about the Holy Spirit. I just feel, Casey, you're just to say, God, let the Holy Spirit flow through me. Let the Holy Spirit flow through me. Let the waters of the Spirit flow through me. Read everything in the Bible about the Holy Spirit. Read, read about, read, study, talk to the Holy Spirit. That's what's going to be the key. Your name is? Lord, I thank you for Chris. I bless his life. I bless, you know, you have a high standard in you. God put a standard in you, to, and you've lived by a standard, and God is pleased with that. And Lord, we just ask that there be just an anointing imparted today to Chris, that he can function in, in the power of the Holy Spirit, that he will not fear the faces of men. We just break that spirit that would fear men, and we break that spirit you, that he could just speak boldly, fearlessly, 
and in you. Hallelujah. I just hear this. The way, God's going to use you a lot, but it's not the way you think. It's going to just come so unexpectedly Thank you, Jesus. by the Holy Spirit. But you will not fear men. Hallelujah. Finally. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Your name again? Ken. Ken. Lord, we thank you for Ken. Just because someone's small doesn't mean they can't be used by God. And Lord, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for him. I thank you, Lord. You know, I, you know what I feel, Ken? I feel God is making you accurate, sensitive to him, sensitive to the unction, to the flow of his spirit. I, I feel like that's always been your desire. God, I want to hear you. I want to respond to you. And God's really, even today, he's adding that to you. He's adding to you just a, a dimension of intuitiveness and sensitivity. And you're going to pull a lot of people out of the jaws of hell. You're going to pull a lot of people that would have been headed straight for hell. And you're, God's going to use you in their lives. Yes. But, but, it's, but the scripture I get, it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by the Spirit. But right. you are going to be more in tune with the Holy Spirit. You have been, but you're going to yes. even be more. So thank you, Lord. Your name is? Greg. Greg. Lord, I thank you for Greg. I thank you, Lord. I see you plowing soil. I see many times God uses you as a plowshare. A lot of times you'll, you'll get hard cases. You'll get people that are stubborn, uh, obstinate, but the Lord will use you. And, and you're, to, it's, it's, you're a man of prayer. As you're a man of prayer, God will give you things to aim for. He'll show you what to pray for. He'll show you where to plow the ground. But a lot of what you'll do is you'll be plowing ground. You'll be plowing soil for his kingdom. So thank you, Lord, for Greg. Thank you, Lord, to just bless him and let him be just a, a man that knows your voice. And that's his, that he knows your voice, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for Yuki. We thank you for this call you have on her life, this ministry you have in her. God, we ask you to make a way. That, Lord, we know you've poured into her a lot. We know you've done so much with preparation. And, God, today we just impart to her this, we love her hunger. We love this hunger, we feel. And, Lord, we ask you to impart to her that anointing that would lead her to where she can have a, a full-fledged uh, ministry without apologizing, but to minister to your people, to minister to the needy. And Lord, you'll, you'll make a platform for her. You will order her steps. You will guide her path. And we thank you. We just thank you right now for this impartation. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, God bless you. Don't you appreciate the Lord? Hallelujah. So good to us. Hallelujah. Ah. Uh, Pastor's going to come and dismiss us, but I encourage you to, to be in the meeting tonight. And I just want to, you know, the time gets away, but I, I know there's a lot of people here. <clears throat> I say a lot. I know there's several that you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's the best thing you can do. So come back tonight. We're going to pray that. We're going to pray for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and we're going to flow in the prophetic, and we're going to have fun with the Holy Ghost. All right? Amen. Thanks, Steve. And uh, we don't mention it uh, very often or invite you back for a special service, but tonight, please come out tonight. And what's nice about tonight is we kind of get to take the time restraints off. You just spend time with the Lord, get close to Him, and allow Him to speak into our lives.